Hi and welcome back to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. My name is Prashant Malkani and the topic for today's episode is how to become a CMO. Most marketing professionals at some point in their career envision themselves to one day become a CMO. If you believe you've ever thought of this, then this episode is definitely for you. The one important thing to keep in mind is that you can envision to become a CMO from the very first day you begin your career and the career moves, learnings and experiences and mentors you're engaged with can all be based keeping in mind your final goal. With the changing times, the journey is not linear anymore and I believe that's definitely better as you can choose your own path and interests. In this episode, I have Raghunath Koduvayur to help us dwell further into this topic. Raghu is currently a CMO at IQM Quantum Computers as well as a council member for Forbes Communication Council. With previously working with brands like P&G, Nokia and Microsoft, his career journey and path to become a CMO is definitely inspiring. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hi Raghu and welcome to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. I'm really really looking forward to today's conversation with you. Thank you, Prashant. It's an honor to be here and also share my thoughts on this podcast. So thank you for having me. Great. So I think this is a really interesting topic and just have a few things to cover and try and get as much information from you as possible within the next 20-25 minutes. So the first question to you is, and obviously just setting some context for the listeners as well, just wanted to understand what has been, you know, your story and your journey to becoming a marketing leader. And I know we've very briefly discussed this in the past, and it's a very interesting story that you did mention. But if you can just share that with, with the listeners as well. That's an interesting question. And while I was preparing for this podcast, I was also reflecting on my own career. Yeah. Basically, I would summarize it in saying it's a road of, say, learning, luck, and being maybe customer-centric on a vague, high-level terms. Yeah. But then if I dig deeper into, say, these topics of learning and luck, so one of them is uh, I have an MBA in human resources from XLRI Jamshedpur. Hmm. Before that, I was a computer engineer. So I, I started my career with uh, people leadership, right? So I was doing the mm, human resources mm. part of it in Procter & Gamble and it started also at Nokia. Then right. at that point, I realized that you can also be a people leader by looking at the people outside, people who are using your products. And that's yeah. when I started learning a lot more about marketing. And then mm-hmm. I started channelizing my resources on the customers. So okay. that that is that was my switch to marketing. But then after that, I've been a constant learner right from digital marketing way back in say 2008, nine, when it was the early days of digital marketing to understanding the fundamentals of brand and marketing strategy. Hmm. And that has helped me become a marketing leader who I am right now. So a couple of things that also, if I can add one would be that always being sales focused has been my differentiator. So I don't come from a pure marketing background from a more sales background. And then the second one is more focused on customers. Hmm. That's been my journey towards marketing leadership. Yeah, perfect. And, you know, as you also mentioned that I think in early 2008, 2009, you looked at digital marketing. And I know like, for for example, let's take my case, I, my major focus or marketing expertise is in digital marketing and slowly data analytics and revolving around MarTech and AdTech and all of that. And that's actually where my next question is streaming from, is that in case if today someone is a specialist in a certain channel of marketing 
or a or a you know subject matter expert within one of the channels of marketing how does that person actually grow to become a cmo eventually very very interesting question and this is something that i also speak to a lot of other marketing fellow marketeers many yeah. in the coaching sessions and mentoring sessions it is yeah. difficult and i would not personally you can reflect on it or everyone who is listening to this podcast can reflect on it will you hire a digital marketer as your cmo mm. and the, or a functional expertise not just digital but then it can yeah. be any other functional expert marketing expert as a cmo yeah. probability is no because the mm. roles are different the challenges are different mm. where you would need a to become a cmo what you need to prove is you understand one the overall business function yeah you understand your customers well you hmm. understand longer term strategy well hmm. both in terms of digital but also offline and all the other touch points that your customers are interacting with your brand yeah. you understand brand so these are things that are needed as a holistic marketer so hmm. just uh, you can have a functional expertise so you can be yeah. a good uh, say it's a t shaped marketer right or hmm. there are also now the new terms called as m shaped marketer so hmm. basically you know three functions really well while everything else you at least know at a high level yeah. so you can choose like i my recommendation would be that to be a m shaped marketer if we can go towards that shape hmm. say that you understand at least one or two verticals really well but hmm. understand everything else at a high level but you should be able to have a say on it Yeah. But to be a CMO, I think that's what differentiates most of the marketing leaders as compared to functional marketing leaders. Yeah, and I think that's an extremely insightful thought. Uh, so just moving from that and going into something which I know I have been part of multiple conversations in the past, is that normally a marketing journey starts possibly in two ways, right? So one is you finish your your undergrad. you start working with a company in a marketing team and then grow from there and then eventually study a little and then climb the ranks and then finally either become a cmo or at a high post in a marketing team the other out is people finish their undergrad do their post graduation in marketing and right after that tend to get a slightly higher post in marketing now normally uh, these kind of or the second chain is possibly seen a lot in fmcg companies where they possibly go to the high ranked b schools like the iims isps and a few other global schools as well where they pick up students with almost no marketing experience uh, but still considering that they have gotten their degree or their theory from from a from a high rated b school they tend to consider them slightly over people with even four or five years of marketing experience so my next question to you would be that what do you think is actually more important today having a few years of experience in marketing and then possibly hiring a candidate with a few years of of marketing or hiring a candidate who has possibly gone to you know one of the top b schools but no practical experience in marketing but a lot of theory experience through the b school so so which journey would you choose that's again a good question uh, i'll tell you my experience but then i'll also add one more institute xlri to that list of institutes sure. that you mentioned yeah nah. 
but then uh, on a serious note i think hmm. see i've hired both uh, kinds of people like both marketers who have experience but yeah. who also have the strong pedigree hmm. uh, one of the answer to your question also lies in it doesn't matter whether it's a theoretical knowledge or it's a functional like experience hands on experience until yeah. the until the candidate has strong marketing fundamentals hmm. so what i look for the person is solid marketing fundamentals and hmm. a good inquisitive nature where they are willing to learn the business yeah. and also learn how we do sales and how what what actually works for that particular business because hmm. every industry every business is totally different yeah so where i would come up is uh, if a candidate when i look for a candidate if it's not a functional marketing role hmm. then especially if it's digital marketing i might look for digital marketing competence right yeah. but then what i'm also looking for candidates when i recruit is uh, also the longer term like where will this person go next in 3 hmm. years or 5 hmm. years hmm. so i'm never hiring a candidate for this current role but i'm looking at them can they be part of my marketing leadership team or even hmm. the business leadership team yeah. so that is the kind of candidates i look for so i look for different aspects so what good pedigree gives you is that uh, more in terms of case studies exposure so people have learned through others experiences a hmm. good alumni network where these guys have worked on different projects and different maybe gone through different uh, lectures and sessions where they are exposed to those kind of challenges which yeah. they might face in a real world so that hmm. is why pedigree gives them that kind of a benefit but then if that person also complements like if a person has worked for 3 to 5 years but if they have already bring in those skills and they have that general inquisitive nature to learn i'm also mm. willing to take a bet on those candidates yeah But the probability is slightly low because i've also gone to the fmcg route where i worked at procter, procter and gamble so mm. i do understand why png or a unilever hires and makes those recruitment decisions yeah because they give them the holistic exposure understood understood and i think just taking this conversation in a slightly different direction now is that since this entire episode is based on the conversation revolving around how can a person ultimately become a ceo of an organization or become a ceo in the near future the general consensus is that a person needs to slowly and steadily climb the ranks to finally get there i wanted to check with you if you have any suggestions on how possibly people can fast track this process and possibly skip the ideal process if i can call it and i just had an additional thought here today i see a lot of uh, new marketers in their mid 20s be you know cmos of of a few startups so according to you do you think that would help them fast track the journey or or what would be your your suggestion and recommendation very interesting questions like two pieces yeah let me say the career path itself i think the traditional career paths the first part of your question on the career paths and how to build it yeah i think the traditional way of going vertically like by the ladder hmm. that i i definitely see that that is changing yeah there is uh, there are two groups that are suddenly forming one who are expert like the content marketing experts or mm. the digital marketing experts and so on or marketing automation experts yeah. so there are functional experts who are forming in for mm. them to go to the next step would be very difficult like into general marketing might be very mm. difficult mm. for them to mm. get in unless they pick up those skills uh, as part of their learning experience yeah. so what they uh, i would say what can help is more horizontal so mm-hmm. the rather than going vertical take a side step and then it which will accelerate your career move in the say 2 to 3 year time frame so mm-hmm. as an example what i can share from my experiences i was in human resources 
mm. was leading all the sales and marketing programs i started learning marketing so well that uh, i could be entrusted with say developer marketing for nokia when nokia was doing really well mm. so that was a good career move which i could do horizontal so i took a hit on the say the, the short term promotions and so on but once i did that work well i got accelerated career path within marketing so that is one example where i took a hit in a short term left go a promotion but then over a period of 2 years i got a double promotion and did really well right. so there was another way where when i moved from marketing to sales i was doing exceptionally well in marketing but then hmm. i took a gamble and then i went into sales hmm. where i was heading asia pacific selling that in a short term was a hit but on a longer term it just skyrocketed my career personally so i did that and then i also taken took the plunge on entrepreneurship giving hmm. a good career corporate job went into entrepreneurship and i would not recommend this for everyone yeah. depending on your personal state it can be a gamble that can pay off yeah. but then i took the uh, hit at that time uncertainty and then building a business but then it helped me get into good cmo roles in startups Understood. so these are yeah. three at least three ways where i've done the horizontal move which hmm. traditionally you would have said that it's a compromise it's a risky move but all of those gambles have paid out provided you have the time horizon where you are not expecting a short term return but say in 3 to 5 years you treat it as an investment into your career which will skyrocket your career so right. that i have definitely seen as the career path which has worked really well for me so it is more of a if you visualize it then it can be like a staircase where you are going from one step to other so you will go vertical a bit and then you'll go horizontal and then you move vertical and horizontal right that is a career path which i would see is evolving in the future yeah that's interesting and yeah so i think what can happen is with inexperience you don't have that kind of a, what does experience give so let's rephrase it the other way well mm. age does not matter but if you have say 10 or 15 years of experience what it would have exposed you technically is to put you in different situations where mm. you know how to build a brand for a longer term so that is what right. experience gives you and you would have also seen a lot of uh, crisis management you would have looked at a lot of conflicts so you would have been trained in those things which will help you be a good marketing leader right. it doesn't mean that a young youngster cannot be a good marketing leader just mm. that they will need to find the right mentors and right coaches who can provide them the same experience and then maybe accelerated learning path what mm. the boon of youth gives you is you don't know these kind of risks Hmm. you don't need to care about them you can go be bold and take those big risks which yeah. can eventually pay off and that's what you see in most of these startups and i'm every day fascinated by the kind of campaigns i see the hmm. kind of uh, hmm. like the young cmos who are willing to do those kind of gambles yeah. it is inspiring honestly it is inspiring hmm. just that you need to be surrounded by these kind of intellectual capital around you through people through books through youtube content or whatever it is to learn from others experience till you can do that i don't think age actually matters yeah perfect completely agree with you on that so the next thing that i wanted to actually get to and i think you know you can possibly use this question to to share some of your learnings and your experience because i know that you know you had a very interesting story revolving around this and my next question to you would be that according to you what do you think is the the value of networking and linkedin today especially when someone's ultimate goal is to become a cmo it's 
except i would say any network so you will need to find the network that you are comfortable with so yeah. what the social media platforms give you is a platform to give your voice right yeah. some people are very good at animations so they can use maybe youtubes or tiktok or if mm. you're good at content maybe linkedin is a good platform but these networking platforms are definitely important so yeah. i'll take it one step higher mm. personal branding is exceptionally important yeah. go where you want to go the problem that people say and i can share my experiences the problem that i see with people is you would receive a linkedin request today yeah let's say a standard the because it has made linkedin has made it so easy to connect with anyone that yeah. people just click on connect so that is a first wrong move right even if you know the person or don't know a person it is mm. all, treat treat a social media as a platform like how will you behave in person you mm. won't just go and uh, say hi to any random person just say hi and leave You yeah. would say in person. You would say hi. I am so and so. I have been doing so and so, and I would like to have a cup of coffee with you, or I would like to talk to you. That's what you do in in person. So right. treat a social media channel also as the same way. So on LinkedIn, maybe if you are sending in invites, build a trusted relationship with them. One mm. of the things that again, the second problem that I see is people use it for immediately. Once you accept, you would get a follow up, either a sales pitch or a job yeah. request yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and that is totally wrong. You would not go to a stranger on a street and say that, "Hey, uh, I am Raghu," and then I would like, "I'm looking for a job." True. You won't yeah. traditionally do that. I'm not saying you should not do it. Some mm. people's personal situations are different. Yeah, but you would, you should try to avoid it. So, how do you avoid it? So start aiming for the next five years. So think of in five years who can help you and in, uh, in your network. Let's say if uh, I am right. in a middle level marketing role, I would try rather look for a role which I am looking for in the next five years. Say CMO, who are going mm. to make the decisions? Most yeah. likely head of HRs and then mm. CEOs and mostly board members. Yeah, so those are the guys who are going to help me in the next five years. Mm. I would rather start connecting with them today. So your right. journey should your LinkedIn journey should be five years ahead of uh, you. Mm. So typically, mm. the question that you get asked in interviews, where do you see yourself in three years or five years? Yeah. So this is where on LinkedIn <laughs> you should ask yourself that question yeah. and act on it. Uh, mm. I can tell you a simple example. So when I was uh, changing rules in 2016, so what mm. I did was I ran a campaign on a LinkedIn campaign uh, on myself. So I just ran a marketing campaign saying, if you're looking yeah. for the next marketing leader. then talk to me so that mm. is one way to use so i just did a paid promotion of myself yeah through my account how it worked i spent about maybe 5000 rupees so mm. euros maybe about 50 60 euros at that time yeah. and then the returns were about 15 20000 profile views mm. from ceos and cmos and the head of hrs from the nordic mm. region who looked at my profile and then i immediately received a lot of requests saying hey your profile looks interesting and then can we have a discussion and i was scheduled with maybe five six interviews within a matter of week yeah week or two weeks so it was like very very short so that's one way to hack a system so if you're marketing yourself and if you do it well people mm. obviously like it people appreciate it because then they know that if you can market yourself well you can also most likely market the brand well yeah no i think through this this response you were able to share a lot of great insights some some very interesting ones that i know that any listener that would tune in would definitely think about linkedin and networking slightly differently which i think is great and is doing the job okay uh, so just finally moving to my last question 
is that very recently I was actually reading HBR article and thought, let me just ask you what, what your thoughts are revolving around this. And that article revolved around the fact that today when a new CMO joins a company, Unlike, let's say, CFOs or CHROs or CIOs or any of the other management committee, when when a new CMO joins, in terms of strategies of a company on how they perceive their brands, the maximum amount of changes tends to happen because the new CMO will definitely come with their own visions, own insights, own thoughts, own processes. The entire article was revolving around that. And I just wanted to take out a piece of that article and and possibly ask you that question. So the initial three months for a new CMO is most critical because this is when the maximum strategy changes happen. Now, obviously, in most cases, these changes are taken in the positive light. But considering that there is so much happening around it, how how does a CMO possibly not mess up, if I can term it as that, mess up their first first three months with, with all these changes happening around? This, again, I can send a link to another interesting research, which yeah. says that, I guess that's a good question, so I'll come to that. Yeah. But then a side note is the average CMO's tenure in, I think mm. it was a Fortune 100 companies in US, mm. Mm. was somewhere around two years and one month. Oh, so that okay. is a median tenure. So people mm. like marketing leaders in their roles are on an average of two years and one month or two years and six months, somewhere mm. around that in yeah. last year. So before COVID. So mm-hmm. the average tenures are shrinking quite a lot. That means there is a lot of churn among marketing leadership. Right. And it's not just about CMOs, but any any leader who joins a company will mm. be trying to put uh, his or her mark, leave a mark, and yeah. start with their strategy. So yeah. after the first 100 days where you learn about the business, you end up starting making those decisions. And mm. most of the times, the organizations are also hiring you to make those big moves. Otherwise, yeah. there is no need for them to hire a new leader. True. So that is a... Uh, crux of why people make those changes now how do you not mess it up that's a good question so because we are also surrounded by so many new tools and new avenues to market yeah. we try to be experimental like marketeers have started becoming experimental with mm. tools and processes yeah we, I think we can uh, start being we should go back to marketing fundamentals so if i have one key takeaway message for people in this podcast will be that go back to marketing fundamentals like understanding your consumers understanding your customer journey understanding yeah. marketing strategy understanding your brand so these are brand philosophy so these are things that will not change that mm. have not changed over the last 100 years or since the time at least i have started in the career it has not changed yeah. So what has evolved is the way you communicate, the way you create content, the way you produce your voice and then messages for the audience. So right. that has changed. And maybe the competition, like the conflicting messages from your competitors has increased. So you need to stand out. So that has changed. But mm. other than that, the marketing fundamentals have not changed. So to not mess it up, what you need to do is go back to marketing fundamentals, understand your brand really well understand your consumers and customers really well. And most importantly, you and the CEO, the company Mm. strategy and the brand strategy should be totally aligned. Aligned. If they are not, then uh, definitely you're like, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster. If those two are not aligned. True. Great. So I think with this response, uh, we've come to the end of this episode. So thank you so much, Raghu, for coming on board and sharing. I think you've been able to share some great thought-provoking ideas that possibly all the listeners can go back and 
possibly execute some of them. So thank you again for coming on board and, and sharing your thoughts and, and visions. Thank you. Thank you, Prashant, for having me here. And marketing is a long, long-term game. So right. be patient and then you will build great brands. Yeah, yeah, true. Thank you. And now for the rest of us, hope this episode was useful for you. And if you would like to know more about this topic, you can reach out to Raghu on LinkedIn. And in case if you have any doubts, feedback, or just want to spark a conversation, you can catch me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter. This is me signing out for this episode and looking forward to seeing you on the next one. Subscribe to the podcast for regular updates. And one last thing, don't forget to stay curious.